speaker of the devil, by the way, your dad's phoning me. Oh, is he? Aye. We shall pause. <laughs> This week on the Technically Speaking podcast, we talk about Samsung Galaxy foldable phones that, well, can't fold, and the new PlayStation 5. Hello and welcome to Technically Speaking, the podcast where two mates catch up and chat tech. I am today's host, Peter Donahue, and, uh, well, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Arne. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. Brilliant. Uh, you've went second name today. I have for yourself. I have went not, second name. Not for myself, for no. my own sake. No, we uh, need to keep you anonymous for your uh, the sake of your teaching uh-huh. career. Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. good. How have you been? I am brilliant, man. I'm just back from my holiday. It's uh, it's a lovely day in Glasgow, and it, I'm, it's a beautiful day. It's good to be good to be chatting with you, big man. It's a good Friday indeed. Um, so you're just back from a holiday. I where, am. Where was the holiday? It was in Paris. Paddy. For those who didn't, li- who for those sorry who did listen last week, um, we spoke about how I was going away on holiday, but I had a bit. Of, I don't know why I had a wee bit of paranoia about telling all five people listening to this podcast where I was going. So um, I decided to keep the destination a secret. But no, me and my girlfriend we went off to Paris for six days. Had a lovely old time. Six days. Now, before or after the fire? Oh, yeah, before we were one of the last people to see. Notre Dame, sadly, all, before it's burnt down. Aye. Yeah, absolutely horrible news. Um, um, surprised by the the cultural impact that it's had in the, the kind of whole of the Western media, I guess. It was one of those things where it was a real tourist attraction for me when I was in France, but I personally wasn't too invested in it. You know, uh-huh. Eiffel Tower, Arc de Triomphe, there was a lot of things that I was de- that were definitely higher in my list, but to see the, the appreciation of... Th- the, the building it's itself a, it's, a, it's a stunning building I went to Paris um, it was three years ago this year I went uh, one of the things for me that took me by surprise so they were saying it's like one of the most visited buildings in the world and well, stuff like that you see the you see the queues it's not difficult to and comprehend I, that do you know that way I was a bit like that it's, I, I, my thought process was similar to yours where I was like at Eiffel Tower Art de Triomphe Champs-Élysées and then you've got uh, if, did you go to the Sacre Coeur? we didn't know because we didn't get to go either, and I regret it. But I, I wish I went there. Um, it's it wasn't number one for me either. The, the uh, Notre Dame. Um, it was quite close to where we were staying, so it was definitely it was a kind of whistle stop tour that we went across the river to see it, wandered about, went and had some food. It wasn't. It was. It was more of a get the photo, see what uh-huh. it's like. We kind of wandered around. There were some nice gardens around did, did it. Did you go inside? We didn't go inside because of the queues, and it's. I've never had a bigger regret now. It was given it the building uh-huh. is now half burnt down. It's, it's, well, it's it was gutting. We, we went. So we went to a, like a wee cafe just across. So seats on like the wee island in the middle of the Seine. Um, we went to a wee island and uh, we went to a wee cafe like that looked onto it from the sort of back end of it, which I think is nicer than the two towers at the front. Um, so we went there and then one night we were at a, like a bar nearby and went to see it at night and I mean it is, it is, a, it is a lovely building now obviously a lot of it's away um, but what's, what I found really interesting is they're calling on architects across the world to help to redesign it uh-huh. which is really cool um, I think so th- this is what took me by surprise this is what I meant to go on to so out of all those buildings we named yes and the Louvre as well is another one yeah uh, the Notre Dame is the most visited out of every one of those in Paris and in the world is the 13th 
most highly visited tourist attraction. Is that because it's free? Um, that, that, that would, for me, be the reason why. Could the, Potentially. It must be a different way of tracking. Because it, it is literally a free-form queue, from what I could understand, uh-huh. that people are just kind of pouring into. Whereas Eiffel Tower, you know, very strict, very... The only particular people are allowed in certain places. Yeah. Um, and Eiffel Tower is obviously packed, but I, I know for a fact that it's not often at full capacity. How, how did you find the Eiffel Tower? Well, for those who don't know, I am not the biggest fan of heights. Uh-huh. Um, I've never been a fan of heights, and it was pretty daunting going up the tower. Um, once I got up to the summit, uh, it took me maybe like five, ten minutes to acclimatise, you know, look down, did the usual, and it was okay. We spent about half an hour kind of looking around at the summit, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. I think for me, the reason that there was such a fear factor is all of the high-rise and really tall structures that I've visited have all been enclosed at the top, as in you've been inside. Uh-huh. Being exposed to the elements, you know, you've got metal that you can feel as you're walking across between boards. Uh-huh. There definitely was that feeling of does it feel as... This is quite rickety. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, you, and you know it's not because you look at the sheer size of the thing and you know that it's not. But there, are, for me as someone who's not the biggest fan of heights, that was definitely a thought. It's always a worst possible outcome exactly. scenario rather than a this is going to be all right. What I found about the Eiffel Tower was as well, the lifts are old. They're old lifts. They're, oh my God. But the lifts have actually got like a driver. They do, Which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, I, I love the Eiffel Tower. I mean, Paris for me is... From above, like one of the nicest places to, that I've ever been, like th- like the view you get for the top of the Eiffel Tower. It's fantastic. I don't know, um, did you go to the Montparnasse Tower? We didn't, and um, our uh, good friend Cameron, he he, um, he, said, he asked me that, and he had a fantastic photo looking out uh-huh. onto the Eiffel Tower. Um, de- I'd definitely go back to Paris, because the amount of recommendations I've had after I went, uh-huh. Makes me think that, you know, there's definitely a lot more to be done. And that's the same with most big cities, but uh, I'm you're quite never excited get to go back. Even in six days, a place like Paris. But, um, it was more of a relaxed holiday y- as well, so... Did I not mention it to you? Uh, I don't... You mentioned uh, Sacré-Cœur, but I don't think you mentioned the tower. I don't mention the Because we, we stayed on the same street as the Montparnasse Tower when we were there in a wee hotel. Um, it was like a wee boutique hotel. It's called La Parisienne in each room was different and mm-hmm. it was in so I think it's the sixth R and D small in Paris and it was on that street. So I'm amazed I never actually said anything about it. But um I there's so much to do. How did you find it um cost wise? It was um it was expensive but not more expensive than I'd budgeted or anticipated. Uh-huh. Um it, it was very much the case where, you know, we did the traditional French thing where we'd get up get like a baguette or a croissant you know, or, or pan au chocolate, like we would get up, yeah, we, we, would, we would get up, get some just bakeries, which was maybe like one, two euros, we'd get, we, we had water bottles and stuff, we would get juice and usual nonsense. I've got to say, nobody does bread better than the French. Fantastic, loved it. Um, and then for lunch, very often we'd still be full from the ba- the pastry, or we'd get a baguette somewhere, like a fresh baguette, which was fantastic. No, so basically... If, you, if you'd had a pastry, you go baguette yep. in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. What would you have with your baguette? Eh, I didn't actually go too wild because I was just wanting to appreciate the, bread. the baguette oh. and the, the bread itself. So very often it was cheese, cheese and ham. I had a mozzarella and pesto one. Um, I never had a chance to have a smoked salmon baguette, which was something that I really wanted to try. Okay. I'm a big fan of smoked salmon and cream right. cheese. Okay. And I've seen that in a couple of places, but it was like... 
it was very much at the start of the holiday where I was like, I just want to be able to appreciate what this bread is like because uh-huh. it's been so. Oh, just spoke. I, I'm off. I'm off bread for Lent as well. And you've got to you put that to one side if you're going to Paris. So I was basically going. Not only am I coming off of my Lenten promise of not eating bread to help me lose shed a couple of pounds, but I'm in Paris. I'm, I'm so going to enjoy it. It's fantastic. Now, obviously, those of uh, people who are listening who know me, and obviously you who know me, know that um, I'm not the most Catholic man. Oh, you're, you're, you're not religious. No. It's not fair to say. Uh, so when is it you can eat bread again? Like, you could just tuck into a big fat Warburton's? Sunday. Sunday? Sunday. So he's, so you on so that's the day where you can be a bit gluttonous with what you've given up? I mean, I hope so, because that's what I'm looking for. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was like, Easter Sunday was that last day, and then it was the Monday. No, so Sunday's the day that you so celebrate. That's right. why you get the egg. That's why you get the, the chocolate, because most folk go off... That's chocolate. why it's a recurring thing that people go off chocolate so that they can have chocolate Aye. with the Easter egg. Um, but yeah, um, Paris, loved it. Great city. Really want to go back. Out of 10? Out of 10, definitely a solid 8-9. Eight, 8-9. Nine. Eight, um, nine. We were in a brilliant area and we had a really relaxed, yet yeah, we were able to really balance, you know, eating, chilling out, staying kind of close to where our Airbnb was and then we could easily turn around and go get a wee second wind do you want to go out and do a wee touristy thing without really any struggle of where could we go because there's just so much the relaxed so much Parisian life exactly how, how did you so obviously when, when we went it was in the midst of the so it was just between the Charlie Hebdo attack because that was in the January and then there was the further attacks I want to say November um, there's a great Netflix documentary on those terror attacks as well um, obviously terror attacks aren't great but that documentary is very well filmed for me anyway um, we went right in the middle of that it was the European Football Championships are on for those of us who are listening from the US of A um, so I found the cost to be really high and I didn't realise until you went and because I'm sure I asked you about it when you were there uh, that basically when I was there prices were probably just inflated to a ridiculous degree because you've got people from all over. I mean, people from all over the world go to Paris anyway, but when you've got like a diaspora towards Paris from everywhere else in Europe, plus American tourists, they've probably ramped it up and they've thought we could get away with charging 10 euro for a pint. Um, Don't get me wrong, um, one of the things in terms of costing that I wasn't expecting was the price of soft drinks. Um, Quite often I'd go into a restaurant and it would be six six euros for a pint, but it would be five euros for a soft drink. And it was like, well, you're making the decision for me. I'm going to have a pint now. Uh (laughs) But that wasn't necessarily a bad experience for me because I'd expected to pay six, seven euros for a pint. I'd looked that Uh up. That seemed to be the norm. I just found it quite funny that, you know, if I did want to try like a wee, I don't know, like Canada dry, quite a lot of soft drinks that you can't get here in the UK. And it made me not want to drink them because I was like, five euros for a soft drink? Like that's costing them at least 50 cents, 75 cents from the shop. Per unit. Per uh-huh. unit and they're charging. The, the, ma- the market was insane. Uh-huh. Um, thousand percent? Yeah, thousand percent, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Mad. But yeah, the cost, as I say, it was expensive. I'm not saying it's not. It's a very expensive city. But of course it is. It wasn't beyond what I was expecting. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and I mean, this is a question that people don't really like to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where does it rate and rank in terms of places you've been before? Um, so obviously nothing beats Glasgow Glasgow is uh, Glasgow's the 8th best city in the world apparently according to a Time Out article that I read yeah I would definitely <coughs> say in terms of places that I've visited 
it reminded me a lot of visits to no no surprises here. It reminded me a lot of visits to London and New York to extremely vast, highly just, populated just areas. Metropolises exactly. Met- so metropoli. Metropoli. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that the vibe of holiday, because we were there for a longer period of time, was different to that of London and New York. London and New York have been three-day blitz, just Uh total blitz of the tourist, and then I've maybe had like some business to do when I've been there, so I've never really had the time to relax in any of those places. So Paris is almost like, maybe purely just because I've had more time to enjoy the city, Uh like ranks above those places, but definitely has the same feeling. Um... I'd definitely say that there was more to do there than there was in countries like, uh, sorry, in cities like um, Lisbon, um, which was the last holiday in Europe that I spent kind of a prolonged period in. I much prefer it to most of the Spanish holidays I've been on. Did you go to Lisbon for a week? A week, yeah. Uh-huh. An- I, I another mean, relaxed holiday, that one. That, I, was, that was like, the get in the sun, visit the old city, see Stadio Nacional. Of course. 67. Uh, for those who know, they know. Um, <laughs> I mean... It's one of those things. So I've 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 only ever been in London for a few hours to catch a flight somewhere else. Uh, I've never been to the states. Uh, so so Paris must have been quite a new experience pa- for you. Paris was completely unique in terms of things I've experienced. Even Tokyo is completely because obviously it's, that's just such a vastly different culture. Um, the only thing they have in common is the high population. Uh huh. <laughs> but pa- Paris. Paris kind of staggered me a wee bit the first time I went, especially when you're kind of you're getting the metro from like the airport. Did you get the the met- the, the, the rare the RER? Yeah, the you get from Charles the de Gaulle through to I think we were at Le Hall, Le Le Chateau Le Hall. Or cannot it was. remember the stop we got off at. Well, ours had a massive shopping centre in it, and that's how I remember it. It was massive. It had like four floors. Oh, was that the uh, Gallery Lafayette? No, no, no. Uh, there must be more than one. That's oh well. insane. Um, so uh, you, you're like <laughs> sorry bud that no, was the wrong sorry. <laughs> stone dead <laughs> uh, so like we got <laughs> we got the tram or the, the, the rare and we got off at the stop there. but you're, you're going through Paris and it's just like classic it's like Venice in the sense that every single wee alley you look down looks like a photo you've seen somewhere before and uh, so you're going down and then just like out of the blue Eiffel Tower Yep. Just, just pops out, even though it towers above every other building in that city. Just bang, there you go. And it's just a wee glimpse. Yep. And then you're going again, and it's just, oh, there it is again. And it's just, it's so cool. But um, I heard that, like, you being away, other people being away on holiday, because obviously in, in Scotland it was the Easter holidays. I think we spoke about this before, or spring break. Spring break. Um, I then, uh, out of utter envy, well, which uh, this last week's podcast, you were you were thinking of booking a break. Uh huh. We can confirm. I have booked a break. Aaron has booked a break I to have. the wonderful land of Estonia. Estonia, which is a place that I really want to go to as a tech person, as a tech head. Estonia, Tallinn, the tech capital of <laughs> Europe. I'm so annoyed, right? So this is going to be behind the curtain a wee bit. I'd really like. So I'd watched a video about how advanced Estonia and Tallinn is yeah, and was going to say we could talk about that and I've totally forgot to mention it. So at some point between now and when I go, so obviously for similar reasons to you, I won't disclose when I'm going. Was it a video by Beam News by any no chance? No, perhaps. It could <sighs> well have been. Um, basically, uh, we'll talk about that at some point because... Look, it's a fantastic I, issue I to a, discuss, man. I was amazed. The card that you can use... You for can everything. scan it anywhere, and it has everything about you. Sure, I, 
ID card. But yeah. I'm sure there was a thing about getting that here. Yeah. About 10, 15 years ago. Well, I think there's a lot of issues where we don't trust our government as much, so that uh-huh. they would use it to <laughs> I, mess. I, suppose, I suppose that relative, when you went from the Soviet Union to democracy, a democracy yeah. <laughs> you'd be far more trusted in your government. Yeah, but it's like the fact that you can use one card that tells your financial history, your health history. Takes you abroad. Your, lets um, you vote. Yeah, it does It does so much for you. Uh-huh. Um, it's how you get paid, I think, in a lot of places as so well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, really cool to discuss that though, yeah. But just Tyler in general, it was a place that, to be honest, this turned into 25 minutes of a travel show, but we hope we hope you're enjoying it because... We will talk about tech at some point. Uh-huh, we self-indulge we a do. bit on this show, we and do. that's... Because, uh, as, as we said, as I'm sure uh, Peter said in the introduction, this is a catch-up for us as well. This is what we're here for. This is for what we're here for. have a wee chat, and if you want to listen in, you're listening in. Um, so... I love how we've got some of our mates that don't like to listen because they want they feel the need they that want they, to want join to, in. they want to interrupt or join <laughs> in. I think probably to slag us. Probably to say that we're wrong. Uh-huh. But I uh, really like that to be honest. I mean they they could say I'm wrong, but you know, twenty three years and it's not happened yet, so <laughs> um basically <laughs> uh Talon to me <laughs> Talon to me was something it was a place that I was a bit like so I was like I've I've never actually looked at Talon and never considered it. Eastern Europe is a place that I want to go to to a bit more since the only place I've ever been in Eastern Europe is Prague, which is a fantastic place, a wonderful city. Um, so I was like, I mean, this is this is like Eastern Eastern Europe. You could kick a ball into St Petersburg for Talon, um, <laughs> but uh, I looked it up and there's like so obviously there's like this amazing modern. Uh, sort of groundbreaking in many ways. Um, the, the first nation in the world to let you vote online. Um, that kind of thing. And then no, they really are forward thinking. This government, it's fantastic. You've got it? the at the heart of the city, this like beautiful old medieval town. Um, so it was a place where I was just a bit like, it's cheap. It was voted the world's best value destination in 2018 by Lonely Planet, and. Um, you know, if Lonely Planet want to sponsor the first half of this podcast, I mean, I would, I would say, I'd off. be right up for that. Um, again, I've said this before in the podcast. We, on we do not cost a lot. If you want, we we are we are some cheap internet real estate. We are easily bought. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so I was just one of the places, and it sort of jumped out to me. And then the flights, we were coming and on about it, and then, I mean because of the Airbnb voucher, which has been discussed to death at this point. Uh, return flights and accommodation from um, an airport <laughs> to Tallinn for uh, £50 each. Why were you humming and hawing about flights that ended up costing you a grand total of 50 quid? This is how skint I am. Okay, okay, uh, okay that's fine. That's because fine. obviously I'm so funded uh, by Student Loan at the minute, and Lonely Planet, hopefully. Um the last student loan increment is in May, uh, and then it's a summer. And you're going out in a high. It's a summer of absolute like, poverty, barren. <laughs> like it is going to be a struggle this summer, but we'll get there. Because then, I'm, hopefully, I mean, touch wood, all going well. A real salary will be had in August. I'll be working over the summer and stuff, but it's just one of them that I just want to. I, I want this holiday to come and go. And then just the summer to end, and then I'm in a school, earning some actual money for a change, which will be good. Woo! Um, but uh-huh, basically, that's that was why. Brilliant. Uh, aye. So, oh, 
it's been aye the placements are fine everything's fine how's the retro it's going alright I'm currently moving the fulfilment back to Glasgow I'm speaking to a bunch of um, potential companies to work with so for those who don't know fulfilment is um, what we do is we get all the stock in we send it out to a fulfilment centre and then they pick and pack it for all of our subscribers uh-huh. at the minute we're doing that down in Derby they have got a really big new client in so they are wanting to um, offload some of their smaller clients so that they can dedicate some more time um, so we're looking and it thought it'd be the perfect time to kind of move things back to Glasgow it means that also if we need to jump in and nick some stock for some photos or if there's any issues it means everything's a lot more closer to home so definitely um currently doing that um outside of that in the office you can probably see there is a ton of stock on <laughs> beside a, me that's a big stack yeah there's a lot there's probably about 600 records to my left at the minute so you can imagine how high that pile is on this audio experience i mean if we're thinking about somebody like myself so your your average your average small man of about five foot eight uh, probably up to my hip. Twice. Let's be fair. There's, 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 two, two, there's, there's two, two stacks. Things, there's two stacks. One, one like, up to my hip and then one would be to like the sort of top of my thigh, if that makes sense. Um, so quite a lot of stock here at the minute whilst we go through that change. Um, which is a, kind of annoying, but it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, no, nothing too exciting happening. I'm hoping to do some Facebook ads for our comic book subscription box because we've got the Avengers movie coming out next week so there'll be Aww. a lot of people really interested in, in all their, their kind of comic book um, stuff so really hope Pounds to capitalise on, on that. Yes. Pounds. Yes. <laughs> I am jumping on it. Uh, well, you had Captain Marvel out and Shazam out as well so there's a whole bunch of comic book movies all out at the minute but um, so that's that's kind of all that's kind of going on with me. I'm kind of busy with that and then I'm looking to kind of do some changes on the website but Nothing too exciting for this oh, podcast, he'll unfortunately. Get, oh, he'll get it. The, the, the joys of being a small business owner. Exactly right. Um, um, so I think it might be good to take a quick break. Uh-huh. So but before we do that, I just want to tell folk how they can get in touch. Oh? I just, we, did, we didn't do it at the start. I'm going to do the house, housekeeping now. Me as well. So people can get in touch and they can help to participate in the, 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 the kind of tech dis- discussions. Um, we've got a website, technicallypod.co.uk. And Aaron, we need to uh, renew that domain name. We do. Oh, so we do. <laughs> um, hopefully, when you're listening to that, that, uh, that has, this, that has been done. Uh-huh. Um, you can email us hello at technicallypod.co.uk, and we're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. So you can DM us there. You can comment on our posts. Um, or one of the coolest ways is to use Anchor FM. It's the our podcast app of choice. And it's uh, it has a voicemail feature, so if you you can drop us a message. I actually think we've got two on Reds, by the way. On on Anchor. On Anchor. <laughs> do we actually? We've got two people. Right, right. What I'll do over the break, I'll get my phone and I'll check those. See, we'll see if they're worth it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I will. I will. Aye, because let's be honest, right? We get a lot of adverts through voicemail, which is really funny. I was going. What I was going to say is, beggars can't be choosers, but beggars can be choosers when it's an advert. If they, if these people aren't good enough exactly then they'll not get well, it on we've got a high barrier here so basically you're going to find out if they get on after this yep. probably not because we've got we've got a stuff hanging with so back in a second <laughs> and we're back after that wee break and um, we did investigate those messages there was one one and i'm quite suspicious Alan, because Aye. the guy says i'm calling from over in the uk i really like your show listener if you were from over in the UK, you would know we are also over in the UK. Therefore, you are also in the UK. Yep. 
But he did have a really good point, so we might talk about it next week. Uh, um, aye. Um, but yeah, um, Samsung, foldable phone, two grand, four of them broke in a day. Yep. <laughs> I aye. feel like that's a good tee-up. <laughs> we, uh, we discussed this last no, week, a couple week before. I feel like it was a couple of episodes back. Episode aye. before, it was, episode uh, 21, it was technically speaking, maybe. I'll tell you mm. what, I can check it now. I'm sure it was 21. Yeah. So whilst you look that up, yeah, so basically... Um, 9 plus 10. At WWDC, uh, not WWDC, Mobile World Congress through in Barcelona, uh, Samsung announced their foldable phone, the Galaxy Fold, and it was due. it's due to come out on April 26th, I think, if memory serves me right. Okay. And, uh, the tech reviewers got their phones for a first look hands-on, and, you know, first reviews were looking good. You know, guy... Uh, your bone from the verge was like you know the hinge feels good the screen feels good everything's looking good the camera look takes great pictures then after a day his phone got a little bump in it like the screen uh-huh. bump. then mkbhd marquez brownlee for those who are not uh, familiar really big youtuber he decided to peel his screen off by mistake <laughs> uh uh-huh, so we we discussed folding phones and uh huawei in episode 20 20 um Okay, now... So four have broken total. You said there that MKBHD, I've got those letters the right way around, uh, peeled his screen off. Yeah. So, so how would be the question I think people would so, be wondering. So the best way to describe it is that the large screen inside, the one that folds um, round the screen, there's like a little lip. Um, that's probably the best way to describe it. And it looks really similar to how when you buy an iPhone or you buy a, a Samsung... It's got a built-in screen protector and, you know, 90% of folk will take that off, especially on an iPhone. The reason you take it off on an iPhone is um, it blocks the speaker cover, so they want you to take it off. So it's quite natural to take that off to see how the natural screen itself feels without any protection. Okay. He's peeled from the bottom and after about, I think he described it as uh, about like the size of a five pence piece. He's he's basically pulled off that size and the full Uh screen just went black. Absolutely goosed it. Oh, full screen broke. Well, that's now, not... It's not great. No. So there was a guy online that managed to pull pull off the full thing, and then over 12 hours it broke. That, that, <laughs> that we'll, we'll, I'll see if I can get those photos for the social media, because those... They're <laughs> that, amazing. That photo of the screen working fine, then a wee bit going black, then half of it black, <laughs> then two-thirds of it black. Then it's all. Then 90% of it black, and then just this sort of glowing black screen <laughs> is quite phenomenal. So, um, we so discussed Not off to a best start. No. We discussed folding phones. I think we discussed how it's all... I don't know if we made this analogy at the time, but to me, it's a bit like the way plasma TVs were back in the day, in the sense that you would have a plasma TV um, that was priced at a ridiculous price point when you could buy, like, a good old fat Sanyo TV. I don't know why I went Sanyo as the brand. What a reliable LCD brand, <laughs> uh-huh. Sanyo. So, like, and it was, like, two grand for a flat-screen TV that had, like, no back on it for, like, wall-mountable. Um, like, And then yeah. the price came down over time. They got better. They now don't use plasma anymore because it absolutely roasts the screen. A lot um, of screen burn. Screen burn. Yeah. Um, remember, like, remember our screen, whenever it was white, you could see, like, a pink imprint of, like, the... <laughs> The Virgin Media TV box. Oh my god, brutal man! It's like you're 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 watching like a program about the, the history of the UK, and like you can just see a 
thing with uh, like Fernando Torres scoring for Liverpool and yes. for Fernando Morientes <laughs> in 2006 bagging a hat trick and then like so obviously it gets better the price comes down as there's more R&D done they find ways to make it more efficiently more profitable more accessible and that kind of thing so I think it still is very much a work in progress but the fact that four of them within a day were broken is bad news well I think there's also now it's really dented a lot of people's enthusiasm not many people were going to buy a two grand phone but I think a lot of people were really excited to see how the technology works how reliable it is and it's almost like at the first hurdle it's failed Aye. Um, so I mean a, a lot of excitement dented especially with that Huawei phone that we spoke about on episode um, 20 which folds out the way instead mm-hmm. it's almost even more unreliable if the one that folds in the way to be protected can't, can't survive a day Aye. then how's the one that's folded out that's always visible which is the better implementation I thought well, did we spoke about how Huawei like have uh, ridiculous R&D um, like capability so maybe they've you, you never know it might be one of those weird sort of paradoxes where well, Samsung it actually have been building better. that phone for 8 years that's the wild bit. They've been <laughs> developing years. the technology for eight years and in one day, four have broken. That, that is the classic. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but a second to ruin one. Eight years to build a foldable phone and 12 hours to destroy. Honestly. <laughs> that's crazy. shocking. So you consider that, right? They started building this phone in 2011. Like, can, I just, can I just point out? <laughs> you might wonder why we're getting into the tech heavy bit and I'm doing most of the talking when I don't usually... <laughs> because we oh you're laughing at the fact <laughs> I eat a sandwich so I was expecting a funny story and then you went before, you might be wondering why I'm uh, like, oh it's because I mean before before the record we went to uh, we went a wee a wee Sainsbury's and Pete got to sell a meal deal and uh, decided now is the time to wolf a sandwich it's lovely what what flavour of piece is it it is a Chicken with pork, sage, and onion stuffing on white bread. Oh my, that's a very wintery uh, piece so good. for the summer. So good. I, it was my go-to when I was at uni. That is hilarious. For a while, they took it out of the meal deal. So when I seen it was black oh. in the meal deal, oh, sn- had to go for it. Snap top. Um, won't be before long before you get the Coca-Cola back in the meal deal as well. Did you see the thing about, uh, just a slight tangent, uh, that... Uh, Scotland have drank an extra 1.8 million litres of alcohol since minimum pricing came in. <laughs> wow, that's a moneymaker. Uh, what an effort for the Scottish people. <laughs> Fantastic. What, I mean, a, what a pushback. That is, uh, pe- pe- people make Scotland, I'm going for that. Is, uh, uh, that is such a... Sensational. We're not going to drink less because you're minimum pricing. There's an extra 1.8 million litres <laughs> of, of... And I think that was just purely in... If it was just the ethanol that was sold, because obviously it's based on that. Um, sorry. Uh, so, aye. Wow, quite a lot. Nice tangent. <laughs> Back to these weird phones. Uh-huh. I think what, I mean, I know that there's not too much to say other than the fact that this phone's coming out and, you know, we, we just don't know, like, are, is everyone that buys one going to have to replace it in a week, a month, a year? Like, how reliable <laughs> can we expect these phones a day? <laughs> Phone insurance for seven grand. Just to repay like the amount you would need to get it over your two-year contract. I know. I mean, I was also looking at... Um, there was a lot of people speaking about why the phone costs such a weird amount. It's $1,980. Mm-hmm. And they were saying it makes it easy for splitting up over payments. Now, in America, it's quite common for contracts to be split up over 
30 months rather than 24. Right. So, you know, like, um, on most contracts here in the UK now, they split up the phone from the tariff. Uh-huh. So you're paying for the phone and then you're paying for the tariff. The device cost would be £66 a month. It's split over 30 months. Oh, my God. £66. Just for the phone. With that, it's with, can he send a text? Can he do a thing with it? And I think in America, they charge something like 60 quid for the tariff. So you're at least talking £120 a month. That's shocking. Isn't it? That's daylight robbery. That's what happens when you're an early adopter with a lot of money. Oh, well. Crazy. Um, On uh to more exciting things, in my opinion at least. Uh Uh-huh. PS5. I know. When was the last time I had next-gen console came out? Oh, my God. PS4 was 2014, I want to say. I've got to say, right. um, The PS4 is one. Oh, ha- hands down. Ha- well, you know, this is a forever a, a battle. There's many battles. Spider-Man came out for the PS4, therefore I say it wins. No. And I'm an Xbox One owner. Right, this is a, this is a wee off-the-cuff number here. Let, let's let's compare the battles that we've had over the years. Go and, for it. And we'll, we'll, we will determine once and for all what Who is wins. the best. So, Go for it. PlayStation, or as it's now known, PlayStation 1. The same way Toy Story was just Toy Story when it came out, but now people call it Toy Story 1. Uh, Microsoft, I believe, could be wrong, didn't have a competitor to that. They waited. They so, no. We so PS1 wins. Oh, we, we or, or we could go GameCube. GameCube was out roughly at the same time as the oh, PS1. PS1. Every it's day. Oh, I know, but just if you were looking to compare it. Uh-huh. Well, that would have been the closest thing to it. Probably. I thought the GameCube's graphics were better, but I the, thought the, the GameCube PS- was a wee bit later. I thought that was sort of early noughties. Surely it's not N64. Would it be? I've got no idea. Could well be. We'll look into that. But just, just, well, just why, Sony why and Microsoft. I'll Google. Just Sony and Microsoft, right? So we've got PlayStation Two, Xbox. Which one's for you? PlayStation 2 or Xbox? Oh, I've got a really sad story about this. My dad wouldn't let me buy a PS2. I only got an Xbox. Why? What? Why? <laughs> so he basically, <laughs> he as, no, as, a, as a techie, my dad looked at the spec and the Xbox was vastly superior. So The processor was better. The game graphics were better. The sound was better. It had Xbox Live, which was a fully-fledged online service. Uh-huh. What my dad couldn't get through his head was that no one else had one, so I couldn't play with anyone or swap <laughs> games with anyone. Total, so, so sad. See, so I, I've played a lot of PS2, aka as in I was a social child and would go to other people's houses and play the PlayStation 2, uh-huh. but I grew up on an Xbox. So what What do you actually prefer? Do you prefer the Xbox? Because I grew up, my man. My word. But I'm well aware that there's a reason why I think that, because I didn't own a PS2. So I, I had... I wouldn't so I go, in an ideal world, I would love to have went PS1, PS2, PS3, PS... But I've not. I've been all over the joint. I went PS1, Xbox, Xbox 360. You had P- a PS3 for a period of time? PS3 just before the Xbox One and PS4 came out, then switched to Xbox again. I've been all over the joint, all over it. I got a Nintendo Wii, or just everywhere, man. So, everywhere. so I mean, if you're asking me what I think, looking back retrospectively, was the better and more influential console, without a doubt, the PlayStation Two. But do I think that the original Xbox was a great console and also paved the way for the Xbox 360 being a fantastic console? I would also say so because the 360 was brilliant. Absolutely. So this is this is my my take on it. Um, I you're, had both. You're, you're just a Sony fanboy. I had both. No, yeah, there, there is a slight bias. There is a slight bias, but it's it's not like it don't take his word for it. No, 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 no. absolute fanboy. <laughs> <This is a laughs> I 
No, I'm not going to have my are good you name. A, are you an Apple sheeple here? of Sony? So, the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox, I knew a few people who had Xboxes, because this was up in, up in my Perth days, when I lived up um, in, in Perth, funnily <laughs> Who'd have thought in your Perth days you lived in Perth? <laughs> in my Perth days where I hailed from at Dundee. <laughs> and uh, I, so I was, a, like, I had a PlayStation 2, I had a, I had a PlayStation, I had an Xbox, PlayStation 2 for me was just, it was just, I don't know what it was, it just could felt P- a lot more fun. Could the PS2 play DVDs? Yes. I don't think the Xbox could. I it, think for a lot of people that was like a brilliant Wii 2 in 1. The, the, uh, the Xbox felt very serious to me when at that age of being about 6 or 7, I wanted to be like a proper gamer. Um, so that was just my that that was my take. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't want to be a proper gamer. I just wanted to play games. Oh yeah, for I playing games' sake. But we're that age as well, where we were young. Uh huh. I think history will look back more favourably, especially if you look at units sold and stuff like that on the PlayStation Two. But the PS Two had a such a large following because the PS One was such an iconic console. So that when the PS Two came out, everyone wanted it because it looked so good, and that the PlayStation One had been such a success. Yes. Whereas Microsoft were coming from a place of, we make Windows, we make these business products, we're now getting into the gaming world, so it was very much a slow start. But the the Xbox had some fantastic titles, you know, you had Halo, I remember getting Halo when it first came out. Aye. There was like so many, they, they spent a lot of money building their own titles. They did, they did well with that now. That was, the, that was how they got into the market, was by basically making their own content, because they knew that everyone else just wanted to make content for... Uh, Sony, Sony, which is what Nintendo have thrived on as well. Like, there's a reason why Switch games are just all Yoshi, Mario, Luigi. Um, have you found what you need to find yet? Uh, I looked up because I ran out of Nintendo characters <laughs> the, to speak about. The top ten selling uh, games consoles of all time. Right. Uh, Xbox, the original Xbox, isn't in the list. No surprises. Is a three sixty. The three sixty is so. This yeah. is this is what we'll what we'll get onto. So why basically, I think the Xbox, whilst not the best console, paved the way. Definitely, PlayStation Two is the greatest selling games console of all time. It sold one hundred and fifty five million units. It could have been one hundred and fifty five million in one if uh, well. Ah, if if uh, yeah, GKD, <laughs> your old dad, like you um, sorted me out. Uh huh. So um, I've got no no anger or frustration. It's just it's really funny to look back on that. My dad, the techie head, now me, the techie head, decided that I was getting an Xbox uh-huh. rather than a PS2 when it, PS2 went on to become the uh, so best. So in, in terms of actual like consoles that you would get, um, like sat on top of a like a unit like, like not a handheld console is what I'm trying to say yeah, t- um, TV consoles the top two of all time are PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 wow uh, they are the they are one of only th- uh, two of only three games consoles uh, of that type that have sold over 100 million units give me the others I'm just curious since we're here so uh, the other sort of non-handheld what is the word for that console just, just the console, proper just console, consoles. Um, that has sold over 100 million units is the Wii. Um, and then the two handheld. <coughs> you right there, mate? Hi. <laughs> okay. Oh, the two handheld that have uh, broken that are the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which sold 118 million between them, 
and the Nintendo DS. So bear in mind, the PlayStation 2 sold 155 million. Nintendo DS, 154.02 million. Wow. So not, not, a, not a kick in the backside off it. That was a fantastic console as well. Oh, it was, aye, that was phenomenal at the time. Like the, the Nintendo were great for stuff like that. Because um, I didn't have a PSP either. I had a PSP. This is how I'm so Sony that it actually hurts. Don't believe me. However, he says. I'm, He's I'm just a fanboy. No, I'm not actually because we'll get on to we'll get. So I would say PlayStation Two purely down to the the, the units sold, the success of the console, how it will be remembered. Is I don't dispute anything you uh-huh. just said. So. I'm, I'm not talking just then the 360 wins PS3 though uh, hands down um, this is oh, this is staggering right um, the so the Xbox 360 is the seventh highest selling games console of all time 84 million units the PlayStation 3 is the eighth most highest selling console of all time 83.8 million so 200,000 200,000 units was the only difference this is nothing Be- because I'm sure in this state <clears throat> my god what is happening to this voice <clears throat> hello mate because I'm sure in the states that the Playstation 3 was a lot more popular than the Xbox 360 right and it sold more units there whereas in Europe the 360 I mean I am not going to dispute for a second so I think the Playstation 3 suffered from a similar fate that the Xbox did in the sense that... It broke. Well, you had that, but you had the... Because I was going to say, they both broke. Because you would get the, the red ring of death on so the... the, on the I think the main difference for people was... The yellow light of death, I think, in the PS3 or something. Uh-huh, it was a yellow, or like, it was like, it was like amber, pretty much. It, the main difference, I think, for people with... Oh, honestly, see, this laptop is a disgrace. So for those... Um, Okay, everyone listening, it's not uh-huh. me. Alan's uh, face is flashing on and off right now, as in uh-huh. the laptop, laptop screen is blinking. It's blinking. been like that from day one. Wow. My first salary as a teacher is going on Quality a brand product. new laptop. Um, anyway, so uh, the PlayStation 3 suffered from a similar fate to the Xbox, in my opinion, in the sense that... Uh, Price? Uh-huh. Staggering amount Because the money. Xbox, the original Xbox, was more expensive. £500 when it was first released. 2006, it says here. I think it was 2007 in Europe. Um, ridiculous amount of money for a games console. Uh, it, it was a step up in the sense that you would go from an 8 megabyte memory card to a 40 gigabyte like hard drive. Uh, then you had 80 gigabyte. It went up to 120. Uh, but for, the, for your base model, it was like £500. Um... The I think the main difference, the key in it all, was the online play. That was what absolutely killed the PlayStation 3. And don't get me wrong, I think with PlayStation Plus and what they've done with the PlayStation 4, they've clawed back a bit of that ground. But Xbox still, for me, the Rain online experience Supreme. is just, it's built for online now. It's uh-huh. built for and online. You think, do you think that's got anything to do with the fact that Microsoft are the ones who are running the Xbox? I don't know. I think that... I just think it was probably one of the core pillars of when Microsoft were starting their own console that they they've, wanted they've to have. They've seen that happen because Xbox Live was something that was in the original console, the original Xbox, but then really came into its own with the the likes of avatars, um, parties. They, they did a lot to help make playing with your friends online really easy. Without it was, I mean, I remember the amount of times you know, be playing. You'd go to school. You'd come home. You jump on to FIFA or COD, 
you'd be in a random Xbox Live party with folk from school that you barely spoke to at school, Aye. but you'd be like their best pal, and then you would start Aye. hurling insults at them. Aye. Then you go to the next one, all right, mate, could we give me a COD last night? Aye. <laughs> what we give me a COD? Was it Modern Warfare 2? Modern Warfare 2 was the one. Beautiful. We gave me a COD. But yes, so enough about us talking about the history. The PS5, talk to me about it. So, uh, what I was just going to say very quickly in terms of putting this to bed with the current consoles, PlayStation 4, 91.6 million units, better selling than the Xbox 360, and the Xbox One, 39 million. Pathetic. A disgrace. Which is crazy because the Xbox has really tried to sell itself as a lost leader. I got my Xbox with two games for 180 quid. Really? That's ridiculous. No, not 180. You know, I paid 180 but I had something like £18 pound in That's Amazon voucher, so it was 260 That's mad. Which is really cheap for a console with two games. And that was GTA and FIFA. So what I consider to be... Two good games? £80, £90 worth of game gaming built in. My God. Aye. So like that's why I get really surprised, because I look at the two consoles and go, the only reason I bought the Xbox One was because I was looking for the cheapest way to get in on a next-generation gaming experience. And, you know, it was like £350, £400 for a PS4. Aye. Or two fifty for with two games for an Xbox One. For me, I don't. For me, I don't see the Xbox One as being vastly inferior to the PS4. At They're this now point. on a bit of a par. Both have say. brilliant graphics. Both have great online services, in my opinion. They both give you. They both have great original titles. Obviously, I've got a bias towards some of those titles. I'm really jealous about the fact that I can't play the Spider-Man title that came out late last year. But most big blockbuster games are coming out for both and both uh-huh. both companies are creating their own content as well so I do think they're very close and and if you're in a position to buy both then you know you're covered for all the titles because I think the gaming experience is quite similar personally uh-huh. it, it's just again for me it's funny because everyone now has a PS4 it's and so I've strange, an Xbox One and it's almost like I'm reliving my youth where I've got no one to play with with in terms of online games but I've only got like there's like maybe like five people I know that I've got an Xbox One that play it uh-huh. normally whereas the Xbox 360 it was like everybody in their granny Xbox I was I was friends. out in the cold you were you were um, fanboy don't trust any <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the name for this episode <laughs> uh, speak of the devil fanboy don't trust any <laughs> um, I was left out in the cold uh, fanboy absolute fanboy I would trust him as far as I could throw but I'd tell you I couldn't throw him that far <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so I've, given that we now have uh, agreed in the state of play for all of the previous consoles, the past. Let's look to the future. Let's look to the future. Talk to me. PlayStation Five. Um, it's strange that in a mere five consoles and potentially twenty years' time, it could be the PlayStation Ten that we're talking about. Um, it's so so far. There's not that much that's been uh, disclosed. Uh, However, we do know a few things. There's a few things that we know we don't know, including when will it be released? When? When? (laughs) When? What is the price going to be? Um, Apparently, um, according to PS5PlayStation5.com, it will be minimum $499 and a $599 option as a possibility. That could be down to potential hardware that is rammed into it. Um, so I think, uh, I was saying to you off air, that I think we're talking a summer 2020 release, so that you get that initial hype and the initial 
oh, there's a new, there's a new console, yeah, let's go and get it. And then you'll get the guy who, remember the guy who went about in like the late, um, the late noughties, early this decade, who would buy brand new products and then just go out and smash them off the ground when everybody was queuing to get them. Okay. I'd like to see him make a return. Um, was that not our introduction to Ashens? Did he not make a video and it was like opening an Xbox 360 and there was like a banana inside or something like that? <laughs> Probably. Um, I also seen a thing the other day that somebody asked for a banana and water in Starbucks the other day and the person <laughs> peeled a banana and sat it in a cup of water and gave it to them. Um, well, yeah, Ashens, Xbox 360, there's a banana inside it. <laughs> Don't know why, I just remember that was probably my first experience of... Xbox 360. You went from watching a man who's clearly picked apart that Xbox 360, sat a banana inside it, and then put it back together, it. and then video him taking it apart again to then discover the banana to feature it on his channel. I did, yeah. <laughs> for uh, for the, the retro, retro. yeah. Um, a real so hero. <laughs> apparently, one of the things is uh, they're going to have. <laughs> They're going to have doubly atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> so, well, again, off air conversation, Pete said. <laughs> when you when you see when you go to the cinema when you're uh, like uh, I mean it's not just when you're young but you go to the cinema and it's like Dolby Digital and Dolby Atmos surround sound. Pete thought it said Dolby Dolby Atmos Dolby Digital Dolby <laughs> Digital. It was Dolby Digital because um, it was like um, they would always use it for um, <laughs> a lot of, like we bought a lot of DVDs growing up because like the streaming world hadn't hit yet. Blockbuster um, rip episode nineteen exactly and um, I remember always seeing it and just being like I'm a double digital man that stuff's cool and then my dad again turning around and being like Dolby yeah Dolby uh, so uh, yeah I got I got taught how to say it, how um, how to say it after about seventeen years of my life um, but yeah what well, well, I was curious about with the PlayStation Five is with Xbox, uh, or with Microsoft, releasing a version of the, the, the latest Xbox, which is discless. It's fully digital, so they're basically removing all of the, the ways of, you know, buying games outside of through their store. Which to me is um, quite, it's that sad in a way. It's I, logical because... You, it, it's the way it's it, going. It makes more money Google, for them. Google Stadia as well, which we spoke, that was episode 21, you can have a They want to, to retain as much control over the ecosystem, you know, they want, they don't want um, the idea of people being able to go buy games second hand and you know Microsoft or the publishers don't get any money whereas um, if you make it discless then you you kind of hold you hold all the hold cards. The cards so has there been any sort of um, indication given that whether it will, will be discs uh, there's nothing here to say that um Give Obviously, us, these are just the first details. Give us some specs, though. What, what has been announced? Uh, much faster loading times. Uh, it will have a amazing. high-speed, solid-state hard drive. So quiet uh, as well. Uh-huh. It'll be really quiet. Um, Not every time you play a game. Spidey coffee. Exactly. It says, for example, when playing Spider-Man on PS4, it can take 15 seconds to fast travel between different locations. Um, Currently. So that same task they displayed would take... 0.8 seconds. Well, that's fantastic. That's cool. And you know, it's one of those ones where that's not a deal breaker. No one's ever complained about having to wait 15 seconds, but it just shows you how technology is evolving. We are moving forward. Thank God. Uh, that's said, uh, improved audio, which we've spoken about Dobly. with uh, Dobly Atmos. Um, 
an enhanced visual experience. It supports ray tracing graphics. The first time a games console has ever managed graphics like this. I'm pretty confident the, only PCs can do that. They're That's usually okay. used in Hollywood special effects and occasionally in high-end processors. Means users of the next-gen PlayStation will receive much better, more realistic visuals. What we don't know is when it will be released. It won't be 2019, so that's why I think summer 2020. You get the initial buzz, then the Christmas buzz. We don't know the cost. I think I think $500 for a base model it's in today's be, market. It's going to be high. I think that's... I think that's pricing think in a for world, what you're getting. I think in a world where... You can buy an Xbox One for 250 quid. Not necessarily. I think in a world where you know people are spending less and less on games themselves, to put such a high barrier of entry can be down... I don't know, and you're right with Google Stadia dramatically decreasing the cost of entry for gaming. Who knows? I, I don't know. Do you go with a subsidised option? I don't know. It's a really weird one. For me, I can't see, my spe- can't see myself spending $500 on a games console now. Not anymore. Not me I would much either. rather buy a controller for my Mac and use either a streaming service or use that or, or you know, like... Uh-huh. And that's not... That's not to say, like... I wouldn't do it when the price is like, right, okay, I'm going to spend $500 and then I'm going to have to spend $50 for every game. Mm. And I appreciate that these people have to make money and there's there's profit margins, but it does feel like such a high barrier of entry Aye. to play these titles. Um, and also, the other thing that we don't know, while it's, uh, we're calling it the PlayStation 5, everybody's calling it the PlayStation 5, that has not been confirmed as the official name. What would you like to see it called? I'd love to. I'd just PlayStation 5, keep it going. Really? Sony fanboy, don't trust anything he says. Aye, aye. Well, you're saying that now, so aye, that says all. Aye. Microsoft fanboy, don't trust anything he says. Um, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> what I think we should do now, um, let the lovely people know how they can get in touch and air their opinions. More than happy to share that information on. So, w- would love to hear things about what they think about the PlayStation 5, the next generation console. Um, the future they see for folding phones, just anything in the world of tech. We really want to get your opinions. We want to get your thoughts and ideas. You know, me and Arm, we just speak about the stuff that we're interested in. You know, we're looking to get opinions and what's what people are thinking of outside of our kind of purview and what our, our own thought processes are. Um, we might be discussing something which I don't think we would ever have discussed next week thanks to that message on Anchor uh-huh. FM. And we will get round to that. So... Best way to get in touch is through Anchor FM. We'll, we'll play your voice message if you want us to at Technically Pod. Yep. And you, you panicked me there, Alan. You all right? Yeah, the laptop screen just froze, but it's because it's getting oh, uh, the batteries running. Social low. media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've got a website address, technicallypod.co.uk. Which will hopefully still be there next week. I kind of hope so. And then, yeah, we've got an email address, hello at technicallypod.co.uk. Wonderful. So... Just want to say, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your Easter weekend, even yes. though if it you will are come rel- to you after the Easter weekend. Uh, yeah, probably will, yeah. This will probably be um, Monday. Monday. Right, well, enjoy the rest of your day, team. Adios. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>
Thanks everyone again for listening to the podcast. If you're listening today on Apple Podcasts, it would be a massive, massive favour if you could leave us a five-star review. Um, If you're listening on any other platform, download Apple Podcasts or uh, go onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It makes a huge difference for us, the amount of people listening and the amount of people that we can reach out to. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day.